Um, <laughs> the curtain being my jacket. Okay. <laughs> Y'all can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's so good to see you. Um, man, I, uh, Pastor, we've already talked about it. We went to these conferences uh, last week, and uh, there, was, uh, there was such a, a strong theme of dreaming. And so today I want to talk to you about dreaming. I want to, the, the title of this is Here Comes That Dreamer. Um, I, I think it is so important as believers. I believe that uh, healthy Christians are dreamers. I believe that healthy Christians are those that have vision. Um, reason being, the word says it. It says those without vision are, are dead. Those without vision are spiritually dead. Um, and I believe you can be a Christian and be spiritually dead at the same time. I believe you can be a Christian and, and unfortunately, um, this isn't a condemnation, but there, it is a challenge to um, you as a Christian can be just as effective as an unbeliever for the kingdom and, or ineffective, however you wanna look at that, whatever angle you wanna take at that. And, um, and so when we went to these meetings and everything, it's fresh off of, we're seeing these revivals and things like that, and we've been promised these final revivals. Um, but then when you look at Revelation, um, as God pours his spirit upon all flesh, your young men will have visions, your old men will dream dreams. And I wanna touch on that for just a moment. Um, Acts 2, 17 through 18, please. If you can turn your Bibles there, if you have your Bible or if you are using an iPad or whatever. Um, and it will be in the last days, uh, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, uh, and they will prophesy. Now, uh, is anybody in here not an old man, a young man, a woman, a girl, a boy? Um, and we'll have a different circle than buddy's circle for praying for you afterwards um, if you have a hard time with this. But um, I think that just summed up everybody in the room. And, and the reason I want to point that out is because you're not too old to dream. You're not too young to dream. Your uh, dreams aren't for men. Dreams aren't for women. They're for everybody. Um, so everybody in this room should be dreaming. And if we believe that we're in the last days, like this just said, um, then you should be seeing visions. You should be having dreams. It says, it doesn't say then some of the sons and the daughters will prophesy. It doesn't say some of your young men will see visions. It says your young men will see visions. That means Enoch's gonna see visions. That means, um, and your old men will dream dreams. Sorry, JT, you're gonna have some dreams. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love you, JT. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, but uh, my point is here, I think there is a strong call right now. Uh, Larry, don't, don't feel bad I didn't use you for the example. Um, so the God, there's a strong call right now for us to step into our dreams and, and take some dreams off the shelf take some uh, and start to believe things and some things. Use our imagination to shape our faith. Use our imagination to aid in our faith. Um, and that is, that is what I want to get to you guys this morning. Um, first off, I want to talk about Joseph. Joseph the dreamer. Um, and that's where this title comes from because his brothers did not like him very much. His brothers hated him, in fact. It 
straight up says that in the Bible. Um, even though his dad loved him, he loved him so much that he painted a big red uh, target on his back by handing him this fancy coat. He said, not only do I love him more than you, but here's a fancy coat so you can all see who my favorite is. You guys get brown and black. He gets the, he gets the rainbow coat. Um, <laughs> so we're not just, I'm not just gonna tell you how much I like him better than you, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you with a coat. Um, but as they're scheming and as they're watching Joseph, they say, here comes that dreamer. But they're saying it with a, with a face of disgust. But what I want is for everybody in this room that when you're in your workplace and when you're with your family and when, uh, when you're around in church, people are saying, there goes that dreamer. There's that person who believes in things that has started to speak out the things that God is doing in their life, that he, he has greater vision for you than you have for yourself, and so you're leaning on his vision for your life and not just the negative imaginations. Now, here's the thing is we're already imagining everything all the time right now. Whether you think you have an active imagination or not, you're using your brain. You are using your brain to aid in vision, to create image in your mind, it just depends on who you're letting create those visions. Now, uh, a lot, that's, that's the issue with, uh, now I'm gonna sound like an old man here, that's the issue with technology, video games, social media, is you're allowing somebody all day, every day, to tell you what to imagine and what yeah. to think. Right. Now, the problem is, the biggest issue with that is it would be different if Christians were in control of media and things like that, but they're not. Um, the world is, the devil is. Um, one, one thing I've been hearing a lot lately is um, if, if, if you're not gonna, what is the, the I wanna get this right. If you're not going to raise your kids, the devil will sure help you with it. Basically, he's, he's very willing to, to raise your kids. He's very willing to, to, to tell your kids what to think. And so if your kids aren't in church or if your kids aren't be listening to the word of God and allowing their mind and their imaginations to be shaped by the word of God, the devil will do it. And so that's why we have to take control of this. And that's not just for our kids, but that's for us. The, the more I, I studied on this, the more I felt convicted because I said, man, how much have I been used by the devil? <laughs> and I know that that's a, that's a hard, hard truth because Christians can be used by the devil, unfortunately. Um, his brothers, Joseph's brothers, they fell into this trap. They fell into hate. They fell into all these things and they were believers. I mean, and they weren't Christians, but this is Old Testament, but... They were believers. They were used in an attack on, on a dream. So let's, let's read about Joseph here a little bit. So he said to, uh, this is Genesis 37, six through nine. If you can turn there. It says, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? Let's see. His brothers asked him, are you, are, uh, are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had had another dream and had told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Aiden, could you believe if I did? <laughs> At 17 years old, I went up to my brother and my sister and I said, 
Someday I'm going to rule over you guys. <laughs> Especially if they made me mad or something like, someday. <laughs> You're going to bow down to me. <laughs> but the, what, what it comes across to me, how Joseph does this, is it's more of an eagerness. Uh, like, I got to tell people about this dream I just had. I got to tell people about what God just showed me. I'm willing, I'm willing to accomplish these dreams because I'm willing to talk about it. I'm not afraid of, of what could happen to me if I speak yeah. out the dream. Yeah. Because here's the thing, is you can be afraid of who you're telling the dream to, but it's still going to get accomplished. It's still going to get accomplished. And we'll see that here. So Je Joseph said what he saw. I think that's so important with the vision. Say what you see. Speak it out. Write it down. It says write the vision and make it plain so that others can follow the vision and run with it. Yes, ma'am. My Mimi knows a little, a little bit about the gospel. So <laughs> I'm not going to say the, the actual nacho quote, quote there. Um, <laughs> so... He tells them this, and they're like, all right, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. First dad gives him the fancy coat. Now he starts bragging about how he, we're all going to bow down to him, and he's going to rule over all of us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to murder him. And then one of the brothers says, maybe don't murder him. We'll just throw him in a pit. So they throw him in a pit, and then they sell him to slavery. Eventually, he gets sold in a Potiphar's house. Now, Potiphar is, is the king of Egypt. He's the ruler over, over all of Egypt. Um, now, he seems like a sort of an irritable man because he has his own specific prison just for his servants. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, Genesis 39, 5 through 6. So from the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned in his house and in his fields. And he left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, Joseph, the, the handsome part is just icing on the cake. Um, but I like what it says here is he's successful. He's successful. Now, he's, he is so far away from his calling right now, and he is successful. Um, let that be a lesson that we don't have to be in the, living in the manifestation of our dreams in order to be successful in the eyes of God. Um, what's so awesome about it is he is still walking out his calling because he's still believing in the dream. He's still envisioning it. Um, he has to be practicing his calling because he's about to be tested in his calling, and he's so ready. He's so ready. Now, it doesn't fill in those blanks for you, but when he, whenever he is tested in these dreams and asked to interpret these dreams, he's ready. That means he's been practicing. Yeah. So wouldn't it be great that you had so much favor on your life that the people above you and around you had favor too? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what's so important about dreaming and following a dream is because when you do that, you, you fo favor follows you. That's what kingdom business is. Kingdom business is, is dreaming so that we can impact others. And what Joseph does, it's so important that Joseph was faithful to this call because he saves a nation. Um, God's active presence in Joseph's life made him successful. His active presence. With Joseph in charge, the Lord's blessing is extended to everything that Potiphar owned. Potiphar recognized that it was God that made Joseph successful. 
is it evident that our success comes from the Lord? Now, are we succeeding? If, if we're succeeding and people don't point to it and say, that's because he's got God in his life. Are we succeeding in the right kind of way? Um, are we receiving godly success? That's so important to, to think about because, man, if, if I do something and somebody can't look, point at it and say, he's good at doing this or he's succeeding at this because he has God in his life. That's, that's something in, in my, my secular job and, and roofing where people have looked at it and they've said, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's because you're a good Christian. You know, from a secular perspective, they say it's because you're so religious. Um, but but they'll, they'll say, I don't know what it is, but I just wanna have you on my team. I wanna ha- yeah. be, have you be around. I see that when you're around, there's favor. And that's not to build myself up. It's because I've been around God and his yeah. active presence. Yeah. So Joseph is thrown into the king's pr- uh, prison after uh, Potiphar's wife comes on to him and he rejects her and then basically says, he tried to come on to me. Uh, she lied <laughs> and, got him in, and got him thrown into prison. Well, the king has a special prison uh, just for his bakers and cupbearers and guys that try to come on to his wife. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, he's thrown into the king's prison. Now, it's, this is why I say he's probably just a really irritable guy because what did the cupbearer do? He probably spilled his wine. What did the baker do? He probably overcooked his bread. Um, he probably never saw the baker. Uh, he just saw the baker's bread and he didn't like it. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you two, you spilled my wine. You, uh, you baked my bread wrong and you came on to my wife. Um, you're all going to the same place. <laughs> and not only did they go to the same place, but Joseph was serving under the cupbearer. He was actually an attendant to the cupbearer and the baker. Um, not a servant, but he was an attendant. So he was an attendant to, the, to these two people. Now, uh, and, and ironically, one of them was on death row. <laughs> um, but they both came, they had a similar dream and they came to him and they said, hey, Joseph, uh, I, I know that you interpret dreams. Now, I was talking about this with Lindsay. This is important because they approached him about interpreting dreams as if they knew that was part of who he was. So it is important that we speak out the vision. It's important that we speak out what our dreams are. It is important that we speak out the giftings in our life so that people can receive from yes. us. Yes. Now, when they came to him, uh, the, they have a very similar fate, sort of, but then, well, not fate, but similar pattern here. About three days, uh, the cupbearer is gonna be reinstated. In about three days, the baker is gonna be executed <laughs> for overcooking some bread. <laughs> um, and so uh, he, he, everything comes about and as the cupbearer is being reinstated, he says, please, tell, please ter- tell Pharaoh about me. Please tell Pharaoh about my ability to interpret these dreams. Now it's important when they, when they first came to him, they said, they said I know, uh, can you interpret these dreams? And he says, does God not give interpretations? Tell me your dreams. He's so ready. He's so ready in his calling. He was like, yeah, God's gonna do it. Funny thing is every time he gives God glory, he exalts God. He says, God's doing this, not me. I'm not doing it in and of my own strength. But God works through me in a mighty way. Um, So 
we see that the cupbearer tells Pharaoh about Joseph's interpretation and Joseph tells Pharaoh that there's gonna be seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. And then he teaches Pharaoh about this thing called saving. And so they save up some of their, their crops and things like that so they can survive through the seven years of famine. And they live actually quite well to the point where when Joseph's brothers show up, he's able to give them more than enough of what they need um, and provide them with what they need. Um, he kind of plays, he's a little bit tricky with them for a little while. He puts them through tests that are rather unnecessary and then loses his composure. And he's like, all right, I just want to see dad. Where's dad? Um, he starts, breaks down and crying. He's like, all right, bring dad here, bring dad. Um, but Joseph steps into the full manifestation of his dream because as that is happening, his brothers are bowing to him and he saves a nation. And here's what's important about dreams is, is they don't exalt us. They bring others redemption and exalt God. So um, that's an important filter on our dreams is when we're dreaming, it's not just so that we can have glory. It's so we can give God glory and bring others redemption because that's God's heart. That's God's desire. If your desires don't line up with his and his word, that's, that's when those dreams maybe need to be cast, cast down. Um, so Joseph steps in the full, into the full manifestation of his dreams while saving the nation from famine. Joseph was willing to accomplish the dreams and proved it by speaking it out boldly. Joseph didn't allow discouragement to undermine his call. Joseph served the dream. He served in the house of Potiphar and in the king's prison, and he was successful in both places. Confidence towards God will always uh, be yours when you obey the Lord. So he's, he remained confident. And here's, here's where, because as this whole story goes about, it's about a 13-year period from the point when, he, when he's thrown into the pit and when he's instated into his, into his position, into his kingship or leadership. Mm-hmm. 13 years. I'm like, all right, we hear like two stories in those 13 years. We hear him, he was serving and, and, and Potiphar's wife and then when he's in the pit. And I, I'm asking God, like, why, why, why can't you fill in the cracks here? Because I wanna know like a little bit more. And, and it was like 13 years of faithfulness is all you need to know. Um, 13 years of consistency is all you need to know. He did not change. There's this issue of sameness, uh, staying in your faith, staying bold in your faith. Faith is a cheerful endurance. Hope is a cheerful endurance. We are happy to be in our call. And he stayed happy. I do not think that that, um, Joseph would have walked around with a bad attitude, with a frown on his face, trudging along, doing the work, and... and, uh, Pharaoh was like, man, that guy's a man of God. <laughs> He's excellent. I want him in my house. I want him leading, you know, my kingdom. You know, I don't think that was what it was like at all. In fact, he forgave him for something that no man would forgive a man for doing. <laughs> um, and so it, it's because of the excellence. It's because of that excellence. Remaining strong in, in, in your belief and your confidence. He had the active presence of God. That meant he was t- spending t- time with God. Amen. So why is it so important for Christians to dream? Why is it so important? Why do I have to dream? Why can't I just serve? Why can't I just, why can't I just come to church on Sundays early? Why can't, you know, why can't I just do the, the basic things that God asks me to do? Why can't I just obey him? 
Well, because you're not living in full obedience until you start doing some of these things. Um, dreams aren't always given in sleep or in visions, but are just as often set as godly desires in your heart. God states that he wants to fulfill those desires of your heart. He set those desires in your heart. When someone asks you what your hopes and dreams are, they're usually referring to the desires of what you want to become and what you will accomplish. So when I'm talking about dreams, your imagination, your mind, I'm not just referring to sleepy time dreams. Um, although sometimes those are important and we wanna write those things down uh, because we wanna receive the interpretation from God on those things. But what I wanna point to is God, every, every one of you in this room at some point has desired something from God, has desired to see something happen and be accomplished in your life. And I wanna reawaken that desire. I want God to use me to reawaken that desire in you because we have to take dreams off the shelf. And here's why, is because Pastor Kimberly was talking about it this morning that we're about to step out of the, the darkness and into the light. Well, here's the thing is, is Pharaoh was attracted to Joseph just because he was walking in his call, just because he was taking steps towards the dream, just because he was believing in the dream. That's why it says, seek ye the, first the kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. You don't have to worry about the dream. You just have to envision the dream and believe in it and stay obedient to God's call. So, um, now, yeah, I, I, again, clarification. Meditation, imagination, and your mind are often interchangeable in the word. Um, imagination is the mind's eye trying to see or shape future possibilities. Now, uh, we are a people who are called to work without sight, yet we are promised visions and dreams. So funny thing is, visions and dreams, uh, wisdom also means insight, insight. All these things are just words for seeing without your eyes, right? That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to stir up here is seeing without our eyes. And that's why we, we are a people who do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith, right? So, um, as Christians, we should desire the perfect will of God for our lives. Well, if we wanna fulfill the perfect will of God for our lives and fulfill the expressions of God in this world, then we have to be obedient to the call. We have to grab hold of our dreams, whatever those are, take them off the shelf. If we don't have a dream set in our heart right now, spend time with God enough till he can instill and conceive those things in our heart. There is no conception without intimacy. So, um, there are some expressions of God that can only be revealed in the earth through the fulfilled dreams and desires of his people. There are, all, there are some expressions of God that can only be revealed in, in the earth through the fulfilled dreams and desires of his people. Yeah. If you don't fulfill your dreams, there are people who are gonna suffer for it. Realistically, and I, I know that's a weighty thing, and that 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 sounds like condemnation, and it and and it's not. It's not because there's grace for us. 
There's, there's things that you have walked away from in your life that God has said, I just wanna take you back to it. I just wanna take you back to it. It's not too late. It's not too late. I can still use you in these, in these great, great ways. And that is, what is, that is what he's calling you to. I'm telling you right now, if you put some, something, some of these dreams on the shelf because you felt discouraged or disappointed, it's not too late to take those things off the shelf and put your faith back in God for what he's wanting to do in you. God desired to save the nation of Egypt, but it required Joseph's willingness and service to the dream. Imagine a nation depended on you following your dream. That's, that's why God loved Joseph, used Joseph in this way is because he knew how willing he was. He was ready. He's, he, God gave him the dream and he, and he ran off and told people about it. Run with the dream. Run with the vision. So, uh, what you set your mind to is what you create. If you only think about today, your tar- tomorrow is destined to look the same as yesterday. Yep, we heard you. <laughs> so I'm being obedient. What, what, <laughs> what, what you set your mind to is what you create. If you think, only think about today, your tomorrow is destined to look the same as yesterday. And, and Christians wonder sometimes why they feel like they're in a faith rut why they're in a faith rut, why they're not seeing manifestations, why they're not seeing God, and then they go home and turn Netflix on and, and turn their imagination off. For, and I, trust me, I like, I like watching TV, I like watching movies, that's how my wife and I relax, but if you're not spending time, dedicated, specific time, to put everything else aside and say, God, shape my imagination, shape my thoughts, Shape what you want for me. And those thoughts will always be thoughts of abundance, never lack, exactly. never survival. What was uh, Joel Sims? He said, we need to start thinking about survival or, or not stop thinking about survival and start thinking abundance. Yeah. Amen. These dreams will always be dreams of abundance. Yeah. Joseph's manifestation of his dream produced abundance. It sounded like survival because they were putting things aside, yet they had more than enough in, yeah. in the midst of a famine, Right? So, um, what you choose to do with your mind has a supreme effect on controlling your faith. First Peter one thirteen. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, I like that. Ready for action. Um, that's why Joseph was ready for action. Because when they asked him, they say, "You interpret dreams." He's like, "Does God not interpret dreams?" He was ready to go. Uh, be sober-minded, that means focused, uh, and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, Brother Mac Hammond was talking about this, he, sorry, excuse me, uh, and he was saying, therefore, with your minds. So your minds are also translated to imaginations. So your imaginations have set you ready for action. Be sober-minded, that means focused on the call, focused on, on the thing God has called you to do and set your hope. Uh, your hope is a cheerful endurance, completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, revelation is another sight word. It means to be revealed, uncovered of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ, um, in some translations, it, the perfect end the revelation of Jesus Christ. So therefore, with your imaginations ready for action, be focused on your call and, and cheerfully endure to the perfect end. 
cheerfully endure to the perfect end. Do not give up. Do not be discouraged. Cheerfully endure with your imagination. Set your mind. Um, now, how do we dream? You know, if, if you haven't been doing this, I could totally understand, especially getting caught up in, in work and things like that. It's like, I haven't even had time to think about my future. I'm just I'm trying to figure out today, right now. And that's such a challenge. And again, that's why we have to dedicate time. See the importance in it. Yes. See the importance in it. It's literally your future. It's literally shaping your future. But how do we dream? Um, when I was in elementary school, uh, they don't have this program anymore, but it was called Quest. Um, and I remember they would pull us out. They still have it. Um, so they pulled us out of classes. Um, and basically, this was a, a, a class for the, the gifted and talented. Basically, it just meant creative. Um, and they'd pull us out of our classes like two or three at a time. And I remembered um, feeling really bad because I got pulled out with one of my friends. And they just, the whole test is they slapped down a piece of paper with a half circle on it. And they said, make, create an image. And I was like, and I'm like eight. I was like, okay. So I turned to the half circle, made it 3D, made it into a bowl of cereal and then put like a box behind it and like made a whole like breakfast table. And that got me in. Um, <laughs> my friend did not get in. And he was really upset because that we had a class together and he tried to test the next year and they wouldn't let him test because they said if you fail the test one time, you just don't, you just don't have it. And, and here's what I hated about that is because even at a young age, I said, that's not true because creativity, imagination can be cultivated. And, and the funny thing is that on the opposite end of that is they would pull us into the, the class every day and they'd say, all right, now practice imagination, practice creating, practice imagining. Um, and so, so they'd take us into a class and they'd say, here's some toilet paper rolls, make a roller coaster. Or like, you know, just so, something silly. They'd say, just create it. Draw a picture of it first, write the vision, make it plain, and then create. Take, take uh, practical steps towards creating the vision. Well, then I had, to, I had to take some tape. I had to work through it. The, the, the work was the hardest part. The imagination was the easy part. But once, you cult, once you've learned it, that you can force yourself to imagine, not force yourself, but practice imagination, practice crea creation, then you realize you can get better and better and better at it. Yeah. So I say that all to, be, to say, you can develop this yes. in your own life. You can develop imagination in your own life. You can dream again. There was a call uh, last week to fellowship more with our greatest hopes and dreams. Fellowship, spending time with it, um, asking questions. God, God, what does this look like? And, and um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I used to sit in classes, and, and what I'm doing on, when I sing, I used to imagine it while I was taking tests. <laughs> and that's probably why I didn't pass all those tests. <laughs> But what's funny is we'd be, we'd be so quiet 
and I'd imagine it so vividly, and I'd, I'd like have a song or something that I was, that I was writing in my head, and, and we'd be sitting here taking the test, and all of a sudden, I'd let a note out, and it was always a high note. And I was like, what's funny is I imagined it until it actually came up out of me. But, but oh, I'd be sitting there, and we'd take this, <laughs> or something like that, and I'd look around, and like they, they think I have Tourette's, 100%. <laughs> um, and I was like, uh, and I'd look around, you know, no cute girls around here. <laughs> he got put out in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, Hayden got put out in the hallway. He was writing songs. He was writing songs. He got in trouble for writing songs. But now I'm encouraging you to do <laughs> He was homeschooled. <laughs> he was homeschooled. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Get out of here. Go right somewhere else. Scram. Uh, <laughs> That's <was> funny. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Timelines. He wasn't really homeschooled for those of you watching. <laughs> My brother got thrown out of the room for writing music. Um, so. <laughs> fellowship more with your greatest hopes and dreams. The godly desire dreams will always be dreams of victory. Spend time with the Holy Spirit until he gives you a vision of victory. There is no conceiving or birthing without intimacy. Be intimate with God until your spiritual dreams are set in your heart. Take time to fellowship with God's vision in your life. Begin imagining what you look like doing the things God has called you to do. So not only did I just envision myself singing a song, but I imagined what the song was. I imagined myself lifting up my hands. I imagined when I, when I was proclaiming these things before God, and these things were exalting God and not exalting themselves before the knowledge of God. I wanna clarify because we're, we're gonna get to this. There is vain imagination. Yeah. But do not let the fear of vain imagination keep you from accomplishing the dream. So we'll get into that some more. But um, put your dreams in front of your eyes constantly until it is marked on your heart. Now, that, that's why it's so important to, to write things down. Um, has anybody ever heard of Emmett Smith? Does anybody know who Emmett Smith is? Like one of the greatest running backs ever. Um, now, Emmett Smith, he is the all-time rushing, uh, rushing yards. Uh, he holds the all-time rushing yard record. Uh, won multiple Super Bowls, went to multiple Pro Bowls, was on one of the best teams of the 90s. Now, when he was in high school, I believe it was either high school or college, he, he started writing down what he wanted to do as a professional athlete. And he has this, to this day, I think he has it framed, he has this crinkly up old paper that he wrote down and he said, someday I wanna be the all-time rushing yard leader. I wanna win Two, two or three Super Bowls. Uh, everything he accomplished, he wrote down. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? There's so much, but there's so many stories of that. That's not just him. There's so many times where people have written down exactly what they accomplished years before they did it. And that's because they set it in front of their eyes. If you can get your physical eyes to agree with your, your spiritual eyes, you're on a whole other level. Um. Let's see, if you want something to look different outside of you, put something different inside of you. What are you feeding your mind? Does your mind feed your imagination and, and the way that God wants it to? Does, it, does your, is your mind thinking the thoughts that, 
that the Bible agrees with, the, the word agrees with, that God would want you to believe over yourself. Excuse me. Let me fix this for a moment. What your mind hears, especially in repetition, it eventually accepts as truth. Now, this is especially um, when we are, when we are um, speaking things out ourselves. There is scientific proof that shows that when we say something, our mind believes it much quicker than if somebody else says it. Our minds respond to our own voices and our parents' voices more than anybody. That's why a baby immediately re responds to its mother's voice it's, it's, we're born this way. We're born to receive from our own mouths and the mouths of our parents. So what are you talking about? Pastor Stephen was talking about this earlier. He said, what, what are you saying? What are you speaking over yourself? How many times have you said, it's impossible? How many times have you said, I'm not good enough? How many times have you said, I don't have the talent? How many times have you said, I don't have the ability? How many times, and, and, and the hard truth of that is that that's a, actually pride. Again, we're gonna talk about vain imagination. Vain imagination isn't always you're gonna be better than somebody else and you're gonna, exalt, and you're gonna look better than God. Sometimes it's saying that God can't use you. Those are the vain imaginations. Vain also means to render useless or to be useless. You know what the devil wants you to be? Useless. So uh, if you want something to look different outside, put something different inside. Uh, imagination is the mind's eye trying to see future possibilities. Use your imagination to shape your view of future possibilities through the word of God. It is possible to grow in your ability to receive something that has always been accessible to you all along. It is possible to grow in your ability to receive something that has been accessible to you all along. Now, when I... Um, when I say this, uh, I like it when, when we sing some, sometimes songs that require a lot of air. Um, and I know that sounds weird, air, to sing. Like, man, this, I've got to breathe a lot. I've got to, um, the funny thing about air is it's completely abundant, and sometimes I don't feel like I have enough of it. <laughs> it's all around me, and I don't have enough of it. And so then when, I, when we have these songs that we sing in worship, I have to go and learn how to better receive something that's been all around me all, all along, right? So dreams are, God is surrounding you with dreams. He's made dreams accessible to you. He's made abundance acceptable, accessible to you. He's made faith accessible to you. How well are you taking it in? And you can grow in that ability. I'm not saying today, if, you, if today you're, you're, you're hearing this message and you're like, mm, this isn't for me. Take time to grow and then come back and listen to it. Because you can better receive. My ability, when I sit in a, in a, in a message and I hear something, they taught us this in Bible college. Our, how much you get out of a message is completely dependent on you and not dependent on the speaker. And I'm not saying that so you guys, like, you guys better get something out of this message. But what I am saying is you can be expectant and you can receive and you can take in these dreams. The people who are really great at dreaming, daydream. They're doing it all the time. It's not just that they're just naturally inclined to it. It's that they do it all the time. They practice it. 
This is a practice thing. It seems like a talent, but it's not. So there are some dream killers. And these are the things we have to overcome. So giving into the, uh, one of the dream killers is giving into the lie that dreams are not for you. Uh, we discussed it right from the get. Dreams are for men, women, old, young, boy, girl, whoever, whomever. He's gonna pour his spirit on all flesh. We are all in this, dream, in, in this room called to dream. So let's put that lie aside. Believing that God only fulfills needs and not desires. A good father doesn't just give you a cot and some bread at night and just gets you by. He cultivates dreams in his children. God wants to cultivate some dreams inside of you. He wants to pull the dreams outside of you. My dad, my dad didn't just, just tell me exactly what he wanted me to do. He said, what do you want to do and I'll help you get there. Because that's part of who you are. That's, that's what a good father does. And we have the best father. So he wants to help you accomplish those desires, those desires we talked about it. Those are those dreams, those, those things that, that tug on your heart. Say, I've been wanting to do this thing and I just don't know how to get there. But God, help me get there. Those are those desires. Um, a lack of the revelation of God's love for you will be some, often your biggest hindrance towards receiving and dreaming from him. If you don't believe your father loves you, you're not gonna think that you have a future. If you don't believe me, look at the prison system. <laughs> Those are people that just gave up on their future altogether. There's so much revelation, again, revealing and knowing how much God loves you because when you know that God loves you and he's on your side and he wants you to have these things and he's surrounded you with it and he, he's just saying, get better at receiving from me, then you feel like you can run through a wall. You feel like you, you can be thrown into a pit for 13 years and, and, and be a slave and, still, and it's still gonna be in front of us. If I told you right now that in 13 years, God would make you a king, all you gotta do is, is just believe in it for 13 years and stay obedient. Do you think you could do it? I mean, really, like you, you'd have to imagine it every single day. Like, I just can't wait to be, you know, you're like, you're like thinking about it the whole time. You're like singing songs about it. I mean, he was probably mopping up Potiphar's floors like, someday, someday, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know. God gave me the vision for it. I believe in it still to this day. I don't allow discouragement to undermine my dreams. So first and foremost, you must understand that God loves you. This may be the biggest contributor in shaping your future expectation. Believing the outcome, uh, another dream killer is believing the outcome of a matter is according, according to the sovereignty of God. I wanna be very clear on this because theologically, some people, this will hurt some people's toes. I wanna give an example. Joseph's brothers were not uh, instructed by God to sell him into slavery and Joseph never accepted that circumstance as God's sovereignty. So Joseph didn't say, 
I'm a slave now. This must be part of God's plan. He must have used my brothers. My brothers were listening to God when they, when they said. Now, maybe the brother that said, let's have mercy on him, maybe that guy was listening to God. Um, but there was, he was protected. He was protected every step of the way. And God would have gotten him into his dream no matter what. Um, let's see. Now, yeah, this, so uh, scripturally, we're gonna get to Genesis 45, five through eight. Uh, and this is the proof in the pudding. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me, uh, is it? God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler over all of the land of Egypt. The, the, it wasn't part of God's sovereignty to, for him to get there. God sent him there. The brothers, all they did was just aid. They, he would have gotten there regardless. So God will not aid in the, uh, another dream killer, praying for things and believing for things that don't actually line up with the word of God. God will not aid in the dreams or desires that go against his merciful nature, take you from your purpose, or corrupt your identity in Christ. His nature is to see redemption. God's desires produce redemption. Your purpose is his perfect will for your life. We talked about a perfect will. Identity will not lead you to be more confident in who you are than who Jesus is in you. Uh, another dream killer, believing that God is disciplining you uh, through circumstance. Joseph was not brought into discipline because of his circumstance. He was brought into discipline by his reception of God's dream, his voice. His successful service to the dream in the midst of circumstance proved his faith, his cheerful endurance to the call. John 15 talks about a pruning process and, and it's actually when in the context he's using it as, uh, Jesus is using it, pruning as reception of the word but pruning also means discipline. So we are disciplined by the word of God, not by circumstance. Fear, that's a big one. All fear is rooted in self-concern. Nothing Joseph did in, in, in completing his call had to do with self-concern. It had to do with, I'm gonna lead a nation and save a nation I'm gonna save my brother's lives and the result of all these things. He didn't do it to exalt himself. If you have gone through a dream and, and, and set it aside, yet it helps help others, it helps bring others to redemption, it helps save other people, then you need to bring it back in front of you. You need to write it down in front of you. Um, disappointment. Disappointment is the frustration of unmet expectations. Has anybody here had unmet expectations before? 
We've all had unmet expectations. Come on. That's, that's, the, that's the, the thing we have to overcome probably most of all and, and, and trying to follow our dreams is because you do spend the time imagining those things. And I think that's why we've been called to have a childlike faith is because when you're a kid, you don't have a hard time imagining what, what's gonna accomplish. But I had a buddy who, uh, when he was a kid, his name was Tyler. He, uh, he had imagined himself flying so many times. He jumped on the couch and he tried to jump off the couch like Superman and he busted his lip. Talk about unmet expectations. <laughs> had a big scar right here, right where he, it cut through. And that's kind of what it feels like sometimes when we, when, we, when we feel like we haven't had our dreams come true, when we feel like we've imagined these things. And I was like, and I'm like, man, God, this was, a, this was a you thing. This was a godly desire. I know it in my heart it was. And, and for some reason, it just didn't come about in your time. 13 years. 13 years to, to accomplish such a task. That's nothing. That's honestly nothing. People, people are so motivated to become doctors that they'll spend 13 years to become a doctor. Yeah. Imagine you could save a country. How much time, how, how much diligence would you have? How much obedience would you have? Um, making past mistakes your focus instead of learning from them. Don't let your past sins or your past mistakes keep you from going forward. That's what grace is all about. It's a, it's a springboard to our future, right? We don't just have grace just so that we can continue to live in yesterday. That's why when we think about today or yesterday, we're gonna continually live in the past and we're gonna be in this spiritual faith rut. Making past mistakes your focus instead of learning from them. Learn from them. Uh, believing that unmet expectation is a result of past sin is one of the dream killers. Believing that unmet expectation is a result of past sin that goes directly against 1 John 4.18. It says that your, your heart will uh, condemn you and keep you from the confidence when you go before God. But then it also says right after that, if you go to God with confidence, you can have anything you ask for. Keep your confidence with God Sinning isn't just about, oh, you're a bad person and now you've gotta go, you gotta go repent over it. Obviously, we need to repent. That's so important. But man, going before God with confidence and going before God without confidence. I've felt the difference. Going before God with confidence, that stirs me up. Talk about being able to run through a wall. That's how I feel when I go before God with confidence and I know that I know that I know he's gonna help me accomplish the dream, the imaginations, the mindset. Uh, another dream killer, a lack of wisdom. These things require wisdom. Joseph didn't just say, well, the dream is gonna come true anyway. I'm gonna sleep with Potiphar's wife. He also didn't say the dream's gonna come true. Eventually, I'm gonna rule over Potiphar. I'm gonna be lazy. He worked really hard. He put himself to what he was doing, everything he was doing. He was successful in everything he did. Don't always over-spiritualize dreams. 
because sometimes there's practical steps. Funny thing is, the world knows how to do this in an excellent way. Uh, Pastor Stephen likes to use Elon Musk all the time. You know, you know what Elon Musk does? He doesn't look at the numbers. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't pay attention to how much money I'm making. I don't pay attention. I just focus on the dream. I just focus on the dream. But he's so practical in how he does that. Every single day, he takes a step towards the dream. He could tell you when, from now to when we're gonna probably get on Mars. Like, that's, that's where he's at right now. He's calculated the dream. He's shaped it in his mind and then gotten himself there so many times. Imagine if we attached faith to that. Imagine if we attached God to that. Uh, there are things we have to do in the natural, in faith, knowing that it is helping us to achieve the spiritual plan God has for us. Spiritual truth and faith aren't an excuse to not meet the needs of the natural. We can always ask God for wisdom in accomplishing his spiritual plans, according to James 1.5. We can always ask God for wisdom. If we're lacking in wisdom, ask God for wisdom. Don't be afraid to ask God for some of the answers. Don't be afraid to ask God for some of the steps. Dream killer, desiring the roadmap before we go on the journey. So many people are saying, Jesus, take the wheel and then their foot's off the accelerator. <laughs> what I mean by that is, um, here's a great example is Paul. Paul was pedaled to the metal before and after God shaped his plan. He was going to be effective in anything that he did. And God thought it so important. There were so many Christians that were so gung-ho and so willing that he, he said, no, I need somebody like that. I can't find, I can't, I'd imagine he, in, in that time he couldn't find somebody who was, who was a Christian that he could have used to do what Paul did. So he said, I have to have a, a road to Damascus moment with this guy right now because he is so productive. He's so productive in what he believes he's supposed to do that if I can get him to believe he's supposed to do things for me, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do. Some people are praying for a road to Damascus moment, but they're not that productive. Man. Funny thing is, he took away his sight right away. He said, you're not doing this by sight anymore. You're doing this by faith. I'm gonna give you vision, something so much greater. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, oh, and Proverbs 16, nine. Do we have that one there? Okay, no worries. Uh, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That means our mind, our imagination, we start going in the right direction, and then we let God control the sails, right? We create the wind, let him control the sails. Let him guide our steps. You have to be moving. You have to be in, in uh, movement for God to start steering the ship, right? Get moving. Take some practical steps, whatever your dream is. You know, if I wanna be the best piano player in the world, like JP, I have to start practicing. <laughs> I have to start practicing. I have to put in practical steps. I have to start imagining what my hands look like when I play a certain song. I have to imagine what that, what that looks like to get there. Uh, fear of stepping into vain imaginations, another dream killer. Now, this one was hard for me, um, and I'll give you a great example, is uh, I had several people, I, I recently 
felt convicted in my heart that I needed to start posting more about worship and things I do in worship. And, you know, if I, if there's a video or something, I'll, I'll, I'll repost it. And because I always felt like, man, I don't want people to see me as like, I'm being prideful or I'm, I'm being conceited. Like, oh, look at my singing video or whatever it is. And God pressed on my heart that this isn't vanity. This exalts me. And it says that, uh, let's see right here. Second uh, Corinthians 10, 5. It says, casting down, in some translations it says, vain imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself, exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Well, if you're exalting God, you're not exalting yourself against the knowledge of God. So everything, if you do, if you do everything unto his name, you don't have to worry about the vanity. But what you do need to be concerned about is it, that vain, it means prideful, but it also means useless. And I said it earlier, the devil wants to render you useless. These useless thoughts that the devil tries to plant in your mind that you can't accomplish these things, that your dreams are too big for him, that you, you are too old, you're too young, whatever it is, those are the things that God wants you to cast down. Casting down in this context, it's, it's actually kind of like a, it's like a fighting word, casting down. Meaning like, like when it raises itself up towards you, you just smack it down. Like, like uh, what's the whack-a-mole? Yeah. We're just whack-a-mole in vain imaginations. The things that try to rise up against the knowledge of God. Here's the thing is the knowledge of God, the more you believe in the knowledge of God, the more you will believe that he wants you to excel. We don't seek God and we don't seek dreams for promotion. It's just a side effect. Joseph did not seek promotion. He just knew he was gonna be promoted. Bringing into every thought the obedience of Christ. That means we put every thought, every imagination, we put it against what the word says and what the word says is he has a plan and a future and a hope for you. Vain means to be rendered useless. The devil desires for us to be rendered useless as Christians. If we, use, uh, if we as Christians don't fight to cast down the vain, useless thoughts, we ourselves will be rendered useless and made just as effective to the kingdom as an unbeliever. Fear of self-promotion. So again, we shouldn't be afraid for God to promote us. We don't try to promote ourselves. We don't try to get ahead of the call. That's the problem is when we try to get ahead of the call. If Joseph tried to overthrow Pharaoh, that would have been an overstep, right? Surrendering to the call of God is inherently humbling. And as we are humbled, God lifts us up. That's word. He says, when you, are, when you humble yourselves, I will exalt you, right? Yeah. Um, now we gotta sculpt our dream. We gotta narrow it down. And I wanna close with this, is as you are doing this, as you are spending this dedicated time to allow your imagination to shape your future expectation, we need to grow in our ability to receive things that God uh, has had for us all along. God wants you to use the dream uh, God wants to give you the dream and take the time and the spirit to listen and then allow the vision to shape your future expectations. So spending dedicated time.
This is where we get the dream. This is where the dream is conceived. Does the dream, ask yourself, does the dream bring God glory? If it does, you never have to worry about if you're being vain because you're always trying to bring God glory. Will the dream aid in the ministry of reconciliation? Compel others to redemption. So if your dream is all about getting more money, now here's, here's the thing is you can be a businessman and you can gain money, but are you, and, and God doesn't have a problem with that, but how are you affecting others with your finances? How are you affecting God with what you're doing? If I sang songs that were just like love songs and secular songs all the time, that would be my version in my dream of not doing what God wants me to do because that wouldn't draw people to Christ. That would draw people to, to the world. But if I sing about Jesus and I mean it, then I'm exalting God. And that will bring others to redemption and reconciliation. And then the last question you have to ask yourself, are your dreams shaped by fear or faith, survival or abundance? So everything you're shaping your dreams with, it's not just to get by, it's, it's to live in abundance. Yes. Amen. Will your confidence be shown in the dream to the point where the pharaohs, the people of this world, I believe so fully that the, that, that message Pastor Kim was talking about where we will be brought into the light and people will be drawn to us and there will be, it'll be like there's, there's this new attention. I don't wanna call it, attention sounds needy, but I, you know what I mean that people will be drawn to it. Their, their sights will be drawn to us. And the thing that will do that the best is when every one of you accomplish your dreams. They will say, there goes that dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. And when you are accomplishing your dreams, people are drawn to you. They are drawn to you. You have their attention. And when you have their attention and you have God living on the inside of you and you're speaking his word, then they get to hear God's word. Right? Amen. I want to be like Joseph, don't y'all? I want to be the person that once people walk by, they say, here comes that dreamer. Amen. Here comes that dreamer. So can we, can we challenge ourselves to do that? Amen. Um, with every, with every uh, head bowed and eyes closed, um, if this is speaking to you and, um, and you feel like you put some dreams on the shelf, or you've given up on some things, or you've allowed discouragement to, to shape your faith, shape your expectation, I want, I want you to raise your hand. Um, and this isn't a condemnation thing. This is, this is awesome. We are going towards something. We're, we're, we're shaping our futures. We're saying tomorrow's not gonna look like yesterday. Right. I, I believe that's for you. I believe that this, this is for everyone. Um, but especially those who are willing to raise their hands because you're saying, I'm speaking it out. I'm speaking it out. I'm willing to declare that this is part of me. This is part of who I am. Um, and I believe this is a beckoning call from God.